Okay, so welcome to the first ever podcast of the White Shark Interest Group. My name is Ricardo Lacan. I'm one of the admins of the group. We are currently Facebook's largest White Shark specific group. And on this first podcast today that we have, we have uh, fellow admin Javier Rios and our founder, Dirk Schmidt. You want to say hi, guys? Hey. Hi, guys. Hello there. So, Dirk, you... You founded the White Shark Interest Group. For anyone who's not a member of the group already, because this is going out to them, do you just want to explain a little bit about how this whole thing got started and, and where this came from? Yeah, we started back, well, I started this back way back, I think it was in 20, 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. And the idea of actually when Facebook started first uh, coming up to actually start a um, White Shark specific group. Uh, there's a lot of shark groups, shark photography sites out there and uh, general shark, shark sites, but nothing really that was really much more White shark um, focus so initially i started two groups the white shark interest group and the white shark advocacy the advocacy being more for the hardcore white shark enthusiast and the white shark interest group being for more general white shark information about conservation education obviously really to the purpose was really to reach as many people as possible with factual information and thereby increasing the knowledge base and understanding and with that i hope to, to gain greater protection and conservation for all shark species actually because i always believe that the white shark being as maligned as it was with jaws and the Jaws movies, and you know, everybody was fearful of the great white. If you can change your perception about something that has been so maligned out by the, by the, by the media in a way, if you can change your perception about a white shark, you can change your perception about sharks in general and why sharks are so critical, important for our, for our oceans. Yeah, I noticed uh, at the moment Discovery are running some of their Shark Week uh, episodes again. And I know that is one way that a lot of people get interested in sharks in the first place. They see the Shark Week, but again, it's all very much... Less maybe about the teeth now than it used to be, but certainly uh, it's still all the drama and the you know the hyped up music and the sensationalism. Javier, I just wondered how how what was your kind of route into sort of like white shark advocacy and, and then getting involved with the group? Like uh, most of us shark lovers in general, since I was little, you know, like Jaws again, one of those uh, hooks that gets most of the people into sharks. If you talk to any people in the group. And you ask a general question, you go, why do you like shark? Oh, Jaws, Jaws. As much as that movie puts such a bad rap in, into, that sh into sharks, it also kind of like, if you look at it, it made a lot of people really get interested in finding out, is this for real? I know it's a movie, but, and then you started getting all these different, of course, you know, like getting to Facebook and finding groups that I was interested. I'm an animal lover in general. I will always love sharks since I was eight years old, but uh, I really didn't know much about them because you you didn't have the the access to internet or computer information. So the only way you could find out was through the encyclopedia, which you had to go to the library or unless you had like a, the, the, the whole Encyclopedia Britannica collection that you could find some information about sharks and in magazines on, in the bookstore and things like that. But it was very hard to find information. So thanks to the internet, you started finding out that you could find information at the click of a button. You know, you go into Facebook, you find all these different groups, which I didn't really care much about social media when everything started with uh, MySpace and all that. So it was more like uh, to find friends, kind of like old friends. And that's how, I, that's how I got into Facebook, to find old friends from Puerto Rico, from other countries that I knew. And then I discovered that you could go into different groups for different interests. And I found 
wolf and bats and stuff that I love. And then I found the sharks. I go, wow, great. And that, this is one of the first ones that I kind of like draw me to. And I was like, well, let me join in. And at that time, wow, you could, there could be a, a witness to that. It was like a different kind of group back then. What was it like, Dirk? I mean, how did, when you first set this up, I mean, the numbers now are huge. It's probably a different ball game, And we've got like, what, six, seven admins on there. But what was it like in those early days? Yeah, it was the big unknown. I mean, social media was nowhere near what it was today. Back then, I mean, if I I got excited, I had a thousand members. I was like, you know, blown away yeah. you know, by, by the first yeah. thousand people that were actually inter- showing an interest in, in White Sharks. So, and... That's really grew from 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 there on, and in Shark Week has obviously helped tremendously in terms of people becoming more and more interested. And you know, the following of these Shark Week programs is obviously pretty huge. But again, in the same sense, uh, in my opinion, a lot of these Shark Week programs weren't focusing on the the actual white shark itself. They were more about the teeth and the blood and the the gore and the you know how how what a monster it is and it lurks around and it stalks people and you know, you know thankfully I've seen this actually change quite quite a lot over the next you know last couple of years and the shows are becoming much more in touch with what the white shark really is you know it's a very selective uh, and highly evolved predator you know I'm really delighted that you know more and more people obviously are, are white shark interested and that you know the the white shark is being an, an icon. Uh, in the shark world in a way it's, it's one of the top sharks that we have and uh, we'll be very very fortunate to have them in our ocean it is interesting though because uh, Javier was saying about like Jaws you know was an interest and I think that pretty much goes for like 99% of the people in the group I noticed recently because today I saw that the the actress um Lee Fierro, who uh, who played Mrs. Miss Kittner or Mrs. Kittner, she's passed yeah. away sadly yeah, from coronavirus. Did, did she really? Yeah, she passed away from coronavirus complications sadly. Yeah. So she was doing. Um, I don't know if you ever saw this, but she used to do anybody who was sort of visiting uh, sort of Martha's Vineyard where they where they shot the film. Uh, obviously, fans of the film would go out, and she would actually slap them across the face like she did to, to Brody in the film oh, she used to do it. she stopped great. doing it a few years ago because she said I, I, I'm not doing this anymore but she was getting older and, but like that was her thing because like Jaws fans would still be going out there like decades after and I, mm-hmm. I do find it when I got involved with this with this group and, and White Shark interest particularly that the sort of irony that it took something like Jaws which had such a negative effect on, on White Shark perceptions that it actually has taken that for so many people now to become white shark advocates because of that movie. Yeah. I do yeah. I do see a real irony in that, but it does seem to be the case. Well, yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, and even O-Search, which are, I love to discuss O-Search, right? Well, if you think about it, I could say one thing that's positive about that group and tell Chris Fisher and his face and anybody, you know, you made more people interested in sharks mm-hmm. by the website, by the, the, the tracker, whatever. Whatever it takes, if you put a positive spin on an animal that is so misunderstood, I don't care how you do it, who does it. It could be the devil itself, you know, just put the positive spin out there so people could make the, do the research. Now that there's the access to do the research and to look for information, even though a lot of people are lazy enough to do it, but at least you, there's no excuse that you cannot find information about a shark. I've never heard anybody say anything positive about that group. But so, so, so for you, just the fact that it actually brings 
white shark awareness to the fore. You think that is a that that is a positive to take from it? I, I have to because in though I would be a hypocrite and I would be just going against facts. And uh, you know, I'm 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 very uh, pro facts, pro science, and I'm not gonna let my personal objective feeling, subjective feeling, sorry, get on the way of the real stuff that you see. Yeah. I don't like the way things are done sometimes. As long as you put a positive spin on, on something that is so misunderstood and that is still misunderstood, no matter how many people love it now, you know what? I'll, I'll give, I'm going to take my hat off a little bit. I'm not going to take it completely. I'm just going to lift it a little yeah, from my steady, head. Steady. Very steady. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to push it either <laughs> to kiss nobody's butt. I don't tell you that much. But I have to be fair. I have to be honest with myself. I don't know if Dirk feels the same way. Well, I was going to say, Dirk, I mean, because, again, I know you're – we don't want to get into the whole low search topic right now because I think that's a whole show in itself. But uh, but that, that idea that I know you're very pro that once you've actually got people to say the group, to the White Shock Interest group, to look at the, to look at the pictures, look mm-hmm. at the images, if that's what your attraction is then you've got a captive audience. Do you still find that's the case? Uh, look, I- images obviously, uh, you know, always in- attractive to people and especially, you know, the, you know, the, the trends, is if you don't have a picture on your post, it doesn't really garner much, much interest. So, uh, you know, with images, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they obviously drive, um, uh, they drive a, a certain amount of interest. But having said that, it's really more the topic of discussion that we really in- encourage on the group as well is that, yeah, the more interest we can generate, the more discussion we can, the more people we can get into the discussion. And, you know, even people that feel like, you know, ask silly questions over and over again, there's no silly questions, you know, because it's just, you know, they are educating themselves. And I really welcome everybody who poses questions out there and, and, you know, wants to be informed. And, you know, sometimes as an admin, you know, you read these same questions from hundreds of people, but it's, there's obviously a need for, for, for to answer those. And uh, so hence we are, you know, we've got a great team of admins of which both of you are obviously myself, um, uh, part of. And um, I'm really grateful that we can reach out and, and answer those questions and mo- moderate and mediate the group in a way that uh, we can generate good, you know, good discussion, good robust discussions. And yeah, and I think I think we still I think we still do that. I mean, Navia, you, it's a very good point you pointed out there that once you've got somebody on a group like this, the the kind of like you said, there's no excuse for doing your homework and being able to go and dig deeper. But it still does surprise me how many people do join a group like the White Shark Interest Group who clearly have come in through, say, watching Shark Week or seeing photography. You know, and they answer the question when joining, you know, why do you want to join this group? And it's like, because I want to see, I want to see more pictures. I want to see more videos. But how many people still who have such a strong interest in white sharks who still don't know some of those basics about cage diving, about, you know, like old search and, and, and fishing, you know, um, shore fishing and so on. I, I still do find it surprising that so many people just come in at that kind of surface level and, and it does become quite a job to get that education out there. That's all we could do. It's our responsibility, I believe, to make sure that at least we don't let people get away with uh, misinformation. And if we don't know it, I don't get involved. When I don't know something, I'm going to be the first one looking for the information or looking for somebody that knows more than I do. There's so many that I've learned so much just being in this group because I knew, I thought I knew about sharks when I joined this group. And I learned so much, um, and there could I allude to this, that... There were so many discussions, and if you think heated discussions go now, as Dirk about when it used to be with <laughs> all the all the scientists and all the the people that, that that joined back then, but and but they used to get at each other's throat because there, there's so much 
I always tell this to you, um, Ricardo, and there's the eagles in shark, in the subject of shark is so big that uh -huh. some, pe some people don't know how to channel it the right way. And, and people take a lot of things very personal sometimes. And, and unfortunately, that's sad because there's so many people good people back then that used to ha we had to sh have such a great discussions and I, I learned so much from those people that were in the group at that time because there weren't that many people and there was, it was only the same people discussing subjects that mattered and that were important and of course i love the pictures i love the stuff that comes up uh, now but there's so many people forty thousand people over forty thousand people it's impossible that you're gonna get a you know the, the, the same amount of little subjects of really, really important stuff. You're going to get some in there, but sometimes they get buried by the pictures and by the, uh, by the, co by the continuation of the same articles, which some of them are fine, but we, that's why we're here. As administrators, we have to control that as much as possible because if not, it just, some of the stuff get buried sometimes that I find, I go, oh man, I can't believe we didn't discuss this. And I try to bump it to the top, but again, it gets buried right away. Oh, it's, it's things are buried within, yeah, things are buried within within second. How do you think the sort of content of a, of a group like this one compared to, say, all the shark groups has, has, has varied since you set this up and over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think I think what we try to do is just keep it focused on, on white sharks and shark specific. Um, we also then created the uh, sister group, the Shark Shack, which also helped uh, uh, move a lot of the non-kind of directly white shark related matter into a more sociable group. And, uh, you know, people tattoos and uh, a slippers, shock, slippers and shlock, shock pajamas and, you know, all those kind of fluff, the, the fluffy stuff that we call uh, that's now moved into, yeah. the, into the shock shack. So, uh, that's getting way better. That's getting really better. Yeah. And I think I think that really of the group as well, because, you know, that allowed people still to, you know, uh, you know show show off the fluffy, the fluffy stuff, but uh, stay focus on our groups with regard to actually learning about sharks and interacting where with with people and on the on the on the page um, asking questions uh, debating and so forth so I think really that's that's really changed uh, as we moved along and before that I mean yeah we had a battle to try and keep those things off because sometimes yeah, we had some really important uh, or some really you know interesting um, facts about white shark or white shark behavior and it got buried yeah, by the post you know running down the wall and with people's tattoos and slippers and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, so we always tried had to try and bump them up again or try and delete page, you know, try and delete content, which wasn't uh, uh, very, very popular by you know, switching them or pushing them to a group that has that facility to be, you know, to, to post that kind of stuff. Uh, Res, I believe, has really helped uh, make this a much more quality group in terms of knowledge and, and much more specific about, about watchdog behavior and watchdogs in general. Um, and just generally get more, you know, about sharks as such. I mean, we also have stuff about maker sharks and blue sharks and hammerheads, conservation issues. But again, I would say 90% of the content is all about, uh, I would say, about white sharks in general. Well, I think the, the white shark still still is the one that captures most people's attention, isn't it? It still captures, you know, people's imaginations. Uh, probably like you were saying, because it's still like the Rolls Royce of sharks, if you like. Yeah. It's like, you know, the biggest, the baddest is some people will see it. And if that's your lead in, then okay. But like you say, what's there, then let's maybe educate a little on that. I mean, I, I considered the, the white shark as being an iconic shark species. And uh, uh, yeah, sure, the movies uh, like Jaws and so forth have obviously helped in terms of you know maligning the species but in the same sense it has really brought it out to everybody that you talk to knows about you know either jaws or white sharks 
Um, that I know about the lesser sharks, the, like uh, like a dog shark or a cat shark or a pajama shark. Uh, you know, that I know about those species. And it's always interesting to see people actually understanding more and more and the interest in sharks growing and, and knowing that they are not out there just to always eat you. That has really sparked a lot of general interest. And, and that general interest, again, leads, in my opinion, to more conservation uh, topics where people understand the need for sharks in our oceans and why shark finning is bad. And why shark finning is such a huge detriment to to the to the biodiversity of our oceans. So that's really where we want to focus on. Obviously, is is driving conservation, educating people, and 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 I believe the white shark is a iconic species to drive that message. It's like an ambassador of sharks, um, if I can call it that, an ambassador for all sharks. That again, as I said before, if you can if you can understand and and love the white shark, you can love all sharks. If it wasn't from the white shark, I, in my opinion, because of the popularity of the white shark, negative or positive, uh, it wouldn't have opened the door to other species. Nature is beautiful. The way that it, it created that kind of species and, and evolved to the, to the millions of years and years and to what it looks now. And you see that if it wasn't for that shark, then maybe other people would have been, hey, wait a minute. Let's see what other shark or. Oh, Oh, Ray White. Oh, but what's the other shark that I see? Oh, I heard about this bull shark thing. Or oh, how about this tiger shark? Uh, or and, I, oh, and then you start seeing documentaries. Again, back in the day, unless you watch Mutual Momaha or, or Jack Cousteau or things like that, that's the only way you were able to look at a shark, if anything. If they, if they were talking sharks that day because, again, you only I only had a TV in my house. So it was whatever my parents were watching I, I could watch. So whenever I had a chance to watch Jack stuff for 10 minutes, I would jump on that TV, black and white. I didn't care. I would just wanted to see the ocean. I wanted to see Jack Cousteau, one of my heroes. And and you just kind of like realize that there's so much more out there than just the gray white. But it was just such a, and that's why I thank that shark. It got me involved to to love sharks. So I, I, I think for a lot of people, it did the same thing. I could probably be pretty sure that that's how it happened for most of the people. Because unless you live by the ocean that you saw the species and you get familiar with them because you were always diving and stuff like that, the regular Joe that lives in the middle of the country, that there's no water that doesn't go out of the ocean, the only way you're going to learn is by television or by, by watching, reading some article about a different species. So a great white, again, it's an ambassador to every shark. Being a white shark specific group, it does get people in for that, for that very reason. You know, they've seen the, they've seen white sharks on TV. Like I said, they don't live near the ocean. They don't know the reality of it. And it, and it kind of gets them in. It's interesting that um, over, obviously in, in false Bay in South Africa at the moment, there was the whole issue still of, of uh, the lack of white sharks. Mm-hmm. So obviously you've got the, the tour operators out there who would normally go out and see white sharks and they're just not there. But, they've got an absolute abundance of other sharks like cow sharks and and that is actually still capturing people's imaginations i mean you can on one hand think you've booked a trip you know you it's a it's one of those bucket list items for people i want to go out i want to go cage dive and see white sharks and and there aren't any for whatever the reasons i mean it could be the orcas could be the water quality could be the fishing you know again i think that's a whole other topic but but people are still going out on those trips to Seal Island in False Bay and seeing cow sharks and still coming away with a real sense of, you know, 
a sort of passion and inspiration to go and learn more about sharks, even though they didn't get to see what they wanted to see, which is the, the great white shark, you know. And I think we do still get that in the group as well. I think other posts when people say this is this is not about white shark, this is about hammerheads, this is about makos. It's like that still gets people fired up. Rays, sharks and rays, I still still think the whole breadth of the whole species still gets people excited. Yeah. You know? And the cameras and the ghost sharks and all that, even those are become are becoming a little more famous now too because Shark Week, those really nobody really had an idea that those kind of sharks existed unless you are a shark person or you are reading these things daily. For a normal person like me, I mean, I, I already knew about them because of the group and other things, but like me coming into sharks, just uh, not being in the, in the business or, or, or like in the film business like you guys are or, or photography and things like that or scientists, there's no way somebody's going to know where a camera is or what a, or what a ghost shark when I was with green eyes that from the bottom. I mean, that those sharks, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy that those sharks are getting their recognition too. Even the smallest ecosystem, there's always going to be a top predator there. And most most likely, yeah. more than not, it's going to be the shark. Well, well, interesting on the topic of being top predators, you know, we, we obviously, you know, being shark um, uh, fans, uh, feel that the, you know, the white shark's obviously the apex predator in the ocean. But uh, lately, we've, we've obviously seen the interaction of those two orcas predating on, on specifically on white sharks and cow sharks, showing that, um, in fact, the... Uh, the uh, White shark is not the absolute top predators. The the orca is obviously still out there. That is that really is obviously the true top predator because it feeds on on, on white shark. And that again has been a very interesting uh, pivot uh, that we've been able to explain in our group as well, is how you know these natural natural predation on white sharks is a, a, a genuine threat to the population uh, of white shark because they're not exactly um, they don't breed very often. They have long periods in between gestation. Uh, and, and giving birth and the whole life cycle of a top predator is obviously tuned in uh, in terms of limiting the number of top predators because they are all you know, on the top of the pyramid. And when they get devastated by you know something uh, is like orcas uh, by natural predators, and we're not talking about predation now by humans, by, you know, by fishing or, or, or um, angling, is the, the fact that the uh, orcas can have quite a devastating effect on resident populations like it seems to have in South Africa. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, that one. And I know views on it differ greatly, but I, I, I think, A, a lot of people were not aware that, you know, orcas can take out white sharks, you know, which they absolutely do. But also just the, you know, is, is that the sole reason two orcas, you know, patrolling around the sort of Cape Coast, is that, is that really enough to sort of send the white shark population, you know, away. And I've always found it really interesting, again, that one of the things that maybe people who've not seen white sharks, you know, up close or, or just all they've ever seen is like the Discovery Channel sort of aspect is that they're very cautious creatures. As you know, you'll know yep. Dirk as well, and Javier, you've seen this many times. They're very cautious. You can be in a cage with a white shark. The smallest sound might interest a shark or, you know, a shiny camera to bring it to you and be interested. But likewise, you know, the smallest thing can send a white shark swimming away at speed because something spooked it. They're very, very, very cautious creatures. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. People are beginning to realize more and more that they're not just a fish without any kind of a plan. Like, oh, I mean, obviously it's by evol evolution and obviously by instinct that they do these things. But you cannot say that a shark is not smart. Now, now you, you begin to realize by 
by experts, by scientists, that, and by observation alone, by anybody, by even me. I couldn't see a shark looking at you. And I don't know if they're thinking, whatever they're doing, whatever they go through in their, in their brain, but they're definitely analyzing the situation. That's why what you say, any little click they hear, maybe one shark is going to be, I'm going to go check that out. Or it's going to be like, not interested at all. Go the other way. But I think that's a little more understanding that they're more, they're smarter than people giving credit to and credit for. And I'm glad to see that as well, because uh, that makes them more valuable, in my opinion, and for people to um, uh, take care of them. Because if they just see them as a fish that you get to eat, which many people do eat for sharks anyway. That's another story again, another subject. You could you could have a discussion about this for three, four, five, six hours about how smart a shark could be or not. But I think, in my opinion, is that they're smarter than people giving credit for. And that's why they analyze things. And that's why they're not just right bumping into things just for the hell of it every time. This so is true. I mean, that, that, that analysis, I mean, Dirk, you, uh, you told a, a good story. Shameless plug for my film, Great White Shark Legend, that Dirk was part of. <laughs> Available on it. Amazon, Go by the way. Well, well deserved. <laughs> uh, but Dirk, you told an interesting story because as well as the fact that the smallest thing can spook a, a white shark and, and make them really cautious to mob, is the fact that once you hit the water, you know, I've seen people fall off a boat trying to reach for a packet of cigarettes in False Bay where there could be 40, 50 sharks around you. They're, they're not waiting to pounce yeah. on you. And you, you, you told that, you know, they'll circle you for, but you did tell that, that great story, which if you could, if you wouldn't mind sharing it now about when you were on a, a safety, safety stop diving when one, when a white shark was around you. Yeah, that was uh, way back when, uh, when, you know, Jaws movies were, were like, you know, the, the prevalent and, and we just you know, watch movies. And I think I'd seen the Jaws movie, I think maybe a month or two months before that. So, um, and uh, we were on a safety stop coming up from a dive and uh, just two of us at about a five meter safety stop hanging around enjoying the nice visibility. And uh, when, uh, you know, we saw this the shape come up from, from below and it, you know, I thought first like, hey, this looks like a smaller shark because <laughs> the visibility was so good. And I'd never seen a white shark before. And uh, yeah, she is a female white shark came up uh, to us and cruised around us and uh, took like a, a like an orbiting position around around us and we, we we thought we were done we thought we were you know this was it and uh you know we showed each other like uh, you know this is it <laughs> the uh even the dive master on top of the boat could see this shark circling us and uh, he was calling in for uh medics and stuff like that just says going to be a shark attack in progress is a great white circling two divers so the whole you know the whole perception back then was you know if you see a white shark or you're in the water with a white shark uh, without a cage means you know instant death and certain death and you know you're just going to be you know it's going to be bloody and you know if you're lucky one guy's going to survive and um, the opposite really happened i mean she circled us about three four times uh, and then just with a flick of a tail she came towards us but it wasn't like a really directed towards us more like an oblique angle but we thought she was coming directly for us so we you know what else could we do uh, you know young and gung-ho and uh, you know, full of testosterone. So we kind of swam towards her, you know, and then that was obviously the right behavior that we didn't know, you know, then, but uh, it was more instinctive in terms of, and we had our little knives out and we we're probably, you know, 
great a great chance of injuring yeah. ourselves and the shock. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, we, she she flicked in and and she just glanced sideways and 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 she was literally I would say within a meter and a half. Uh, her pectoral fin I could have I could have touched that and she just swam by and and I could see her eye literally move in the eye socket and looking us literally up and down, as though we were like these weird creatures in the water and and from that instant really i realized that there's more behind the shark um, than you realize because if especially if you look at in the eyes of sharks a lot of them have very yeah. standard pupils is you know it's a standard kind of nondescript eye in a way but a great white has has a, a very dark blue denim colored eye it's not a black eye that that many people believe and inside you can see the iris and actually it looks more like a prehistoric creature that's actually looking at you and it's kind of like a little bit spooky in a way because it actually looks like there's something looking at you directly you can see his eyeball moving as she swam by uh she kind of just like you know took her took her pose around us you know, a few more times and uh, then just literally disappeared and and it just left me with this absolute amount of awe you know then sure you you know you're high on adrenaline and it was like wow you know we survived you know a shark attack in those cases you know we called it but it wasn't. It was just a swim by, and she, all she did really, she came up and and checked us out. You know, she was curious. It's uh, she could sense us, she could feel us, she could probably see us from below as well. And she came up to check us out, and and really that was all. And that really, from that day onwards, it really changed my entire perception of sharks, and also how it made me realize that our behavior, in terms of how we behave in the water, that really made a big difference as well. Because obviously, the way we reacted, instead of swimming away, we actually swam towards her which also, I believe, changed her behavior. And uh, it was just one of those magical moments that, you know, are like if you have a life-changing moment, then this was one of them, especially for me. You, two, two guys with knives out, yeah. you know, swimming towards them. <laughs> it's, it's that old adage. If, if that shark wanted oh, you, geez. that shark would have had you. Oh, yeah. And I'd say I saw this, so I remember... Um, I remember because when I first ever went cage diving and I was absolutely terrified of the water, terrified of open water, more than sharks. Just the idea of being out in that vast open water was the, the thing that scared me. And within, you know, a couple of hours on a boat and seeing and seeing white sharks up close, I genuinely, genuinely got to a point within a couple of hours that, as, as Rob Lawrence said to me, if you fall in that water, they're not there just waiting to pounce on no. you. And I, 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 whilst if I landed in the water somewhere like, you know, in Guadalupe or, or False Bay, I'd like to get back on the boat as quickly as possible. Sure. But it's like you say, the behavior and how you do that and how you handle yourself, because they're not there just waiting to pounce on you, is it would be absolutely crucial. Yeah. So it's like if you if you were in the water with a white shark, people think you are just gonna get eaten and it's just absolutely not the case yeah. at all. Yeah. And 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 that's that's just uh, to me, sometimes are just common sense, right? Sometimes it's just about the numbers. Sometimes it's just simple math, which I suck at math. But one thing I could know for sure is that there's a lot of people in the water at any given time around the whole freaking world. That's a fact. And this shark, the sharks are not going away just because people are in the water or the sharks are not just going to hide in a cave or in the, or under the sand because there's people in the water. They live there. They're always there. I say that a lot in the group when people say, oh, there's a shark in the, swimming from the Atlantic to the, to the Gulf. They've always been there. They're, that's that's been change. Just because you see them more now, or because there's more social media and more equipment, more technology, you see that and people are looking for them even more. You're gonna see them more. No, they always been there. This is not a. This not. They shouldn't be top news for anybody. Yeah, 
or I'm glad that there's a shark swimming by and that he's healthy and he's not dead. If, if you're going to see if sharks really wanted us, then the numbers would be, and I don't want to bring it up because it's very uh, happening right now with the coronavirus, the numbers would be similar to what's going on with, the, with people dying yeah. and dying. Because come on, if you really think about predators like that, then it, to me, that's why you have to use logic sometimes and not be so caught up in the whole, oh, three people die in Australia. Oh, when people die in, in Reunion Island. Oh, when people, 20 people get beat in Florida every, pretty much every day in the, during the summer. And, 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 but nobody makes a big hustle about it. So it depends where you live. Depends what kind of shark it is. And unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. So it's not like we can't fight that 100% because there's going to be people that need to be educated. There's some people that refuse to be educated. And there's some people that just go by what they hear in a news in a click clickbait clickbait news, and they go with that, and they don't care about what anybody else has to say. Uh, but what what's that line in Jaws when when the guy says to Brody says you, you yell barracuda, everybody says huh what? But if you yell shark, you know <laughs> you got a panic on your hands. Yeah, that, that's still the case. It's like you know, yeah, if you say three people died in a in a boating accident, you know, in Florida, you know, it's very sad. Yeah, but if you say three people died. You know, shark attack, shark attack, that bit of news, oh, that will be it. everywhere, absolutely everywhere. I mean, the summer here, the, the shark attacks throughout the whole coast, or especially in um, in the, the New York's Myrna Beach area, is ridiculous how many bites. But, you know, that's why it's the, the, the you know, the bite capital of the world. It's not Australia, it's not Africa, it's not California, it's Florida. And, yeah. But people say, oh, there's small sharks only. Well, there's also bull sharks here. There's tiger sharks. There's hammerheads, big hammerheads. So th that they could also cause damage if they want to. And they do. Mm -hmm. and they have. So my point is that, you know, you got to put things perspective and just yeah, take it easy. Give me an option of the, the ocean and a shark and a lake and an alligator. Give me the shark and the ocean any day. And I'm telling you, I, I, people say that alligators are not... Not as bad as it, but you know what? Give me the shark. Sure, yeah. But I'd rather take the chance with the shark than the alligator or the crocodile, whatever you want to call it. Or a, or a cow or a vending machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, that's what we care about. But you're quite right. I mean, internationally, I think there's, there's more people dying from cows being you know, killed or gored by a cow than by sharks. Uh, yet, you know, we don't we don't see cows as being dangerous. You know, we just, we just we respect them because they're obviously powerful animals. But in the same sense, you don't really like, you know, walk past a pasture where there's a couple of cows and then you think like, oh dear, you know, I'm going to be killed by a cow. But your chances, your odds are that you're, you're probably much more danger crossing a pasture with a bunch of cows on them than you are basically, you know, going for a swim. That's a hard thing to get across to people though, isn't it? Who've maybe so not hard. had any of those experiences. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a good thing. Because like, do you think you think it's possible with uh, with social media, with groups like ours on the White Shark Institute, do you think it, it is possible to get those kind of messages across? Maybe do a group about cows. Maybe that will start educating people. Do a, we'll do a cow interest group, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. that's, I mean, it seems that that's the only way people really react to things, by creating a group. Yeah, what, you know, actually, a good topic might be a, sh a cow attack group. Um, you know, we kind of like, you know, monitor how many... You want to write the book? How many people are attacked by, by cows, and then we relate it to how many people are attacked by sharks? Okay, but yeah, do 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 you want to go out and photograph cows in fields for a while? For a book? <laughs> Not particularly. <laughs> kind of boring, but hey, 
<laughs> okay, well, that's about all we've got time for on this first episode of the White Shark Interest Group podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already in the group, please head over to Facebook. Just search the White Shark Interest Group on Facebook and click a join and we'll add you there to the membership. And you can also check us out. We have our Instagram which is uh, white shark underscore interest group and you can check us out on youtube search the white shark interest group on youtube and we have a website which is the white shark interest group.com so again guys thanks so much for listening thanks to javier and dirk for being on today's podcast and we will we'll see you on the next episode